Welcome back to Throne Hands. It's Jacob Janoski as Daniel and I will be reviewing UFC 254, Habib versus Gaethje. Gaethje, geez, oh, it's early. Daniel, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Let's just kick it right off here with Oliveira versus Rachmanov. Oh, Alex Oliveira coming in overweight again. He moved up just so he wouldn't come in overweight, but yet he comes in overweight by two pounds at 173. But Shavat Rachmanov... Uh, submitting Cowboy Oliveira four minutes and forty seconds into the round, a newcomer into this uh the into the UFC, very impressive performance against a guy who's been uh around this uh around in the UFC for a hot minute. What were your thoughts on uh Rachmanov's performance? Uh, Rachmanov was was dominant. He was efficient in doing it, uh, as you said. Gets the sub in four forty, uh, but in terms of striking, was like I said, extremely efficient. Lands 32 out of 44 strikes. It was not as great when it came to significant strikes, but he was still able to set up and still pick up points with 13 of 25 significant strikes landing. But as you said, one submission attempt, and he got it successfully over a guy in Alex Oliveira that's been around for quite a while. I think the fact that Rachmanov got this high of a position, relatively high on the prelim card against a proven opponent in Cowboy Oliveira, uh, says a lot about what the UFC is looking at uh, with with Rachmanov, and he didn't disappoint. No question about it. So we're gonna go. I don't know what's next for Oliveira. He's he's been on a skid as of late because of his weight issues. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting prospect. He did get a win back in March uh, at 2:48, but it's it's. Oh yeah, he did beat Sabata, but again, he missed weight. But. It, he's in an he's in an interesting situation here. He can't move. He's too small for 185. He's he's too big for 155. But he can't make the weight at welterweight. What do you think's next for him? I don't really know, uh, as you said. And this is get, is kind of starting to look like a situation that we've seen in the past, where the UFC uh, just w- won't deal with guys that can't make weight. You don't want to see anybody get cut from the roster. But I think Alex Oliveira may be nearing that position, uh, just because he can't keep himself within the bounds of the UFC's weight classes. Definitely. And for Rachmanov, I think we might get him, they might give him somebody in the top 20 because that performance was just unbelievable against, you know, a guy who missed weight, but a guy who's been established in the UFC for quite a while. What what do you think sex for Rachmanov? I think he takes a big step forward. Like I said, I don't think the UFC puts him in this kind of position against a proven guy uh, pretty high up on the prelim card of a massive uh, fight card in the first place. Uh, without having expectations for him. Uh, he called out Donald Cerrone. I- I'm not sure that's something that he wants this early in his time in the UFC, uh, but it's it would be an interesting proposition. Definitely. All right. Two 
the the next event, uh, this one fight of the night, Nathaniel Wood versus Casey Kenny. This this fight was fireworks for all three rounds. Them going at it. I mean, they both landed over 120 significant strikes. Casey Kenny getting the win here. One person at it, 327 on the scorecards. I don't agree, but I agree that he did win this fight, especially in the third round. He got his takedowns and he held him there. What were your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, this was an extremely close fight. Again, the takedowns were the difference for Casey Kenny. And it has, uh, even as his striking has progressed, it's been his grappling, it's been his wrestling uh, that has served him so well in being that difference maker in fights. And I think this is exactly where we saw that again. He was outstruck by Nathan, or by Nathaniel Wood uh, by over 10 in both total strikes and significant strikes. But he was more efficient in his striking. He landed 50% of his total strikes and 50% of his significant strikes. He attempted six takedowns, landed two of them. Meanwhile, Wood attempted three and couldn't get Casey Kenny on the ground. So that was the difference maker for me. Casey Kenny picks up those two takedowns, uh, and that, that separated him from Nathaniel Wood in this situation, not just because he was getting those takedowns, but also because Wood attempted multiple times and could not get Casey Kenny to the ground himself. Definitely. All right. For Nathaniel Wood, I don't know what's next. I think he gets a high-level prospect next. Uh, I don't – I can't – I can't really uh, put a put a pin on it, I guess. What are your thoughts on what's next for Wood? Yeah, I, I think I would agree. He's still a guy to keep an eye on. They call him the prospect for a reason, and, and I think you need to keep watching to see what you get out of uh, what you get out of Nathaniel Wood in the future, because I don't think he's going away anytime soon. Airport. Oh wow. There we go. For Casey Kenny, I think we see him either move into the top fifteen or get somebody in the top fifteen. Um, Maybe Song Yudong, but it's a good situation for Casey Kenny as we see him try to get back in the rankings again. What what do you think's next for him? Yeah, he's put himself in a position essentially to control his own destiny, where if he wins his next fight, I think he's a clear-cut top 15 guy. Definitely. All right. To the next match of the night, Stefan Struve versus Ty Tuivas. Not much to talk about here. Ty Tuivas putting Stefan Struve up against the fence for most of the round and just beating him up, and that's where he knocked him out, hit him with a nice left hook, brought him to the ground. No, an uppercut, rather. I don't remember which hand, but brought him to the ground, and then it was over. I think uh, Tai Tuivasa's time at, short time at AKA to work on his wrestling really uh, benefited him against Stefan Struve. What were your thoughts on this uh, Tai Tuivasa knockout? Yeah, this is a Tai Tuivasa fight. You, you wear your opponent out, grind him out over the entire round, and then when Stefan Struve was out of gas, that's when Tai Tuivasa struck, and that's when he had success. Uh, like you said, uh, controlled this one up against the fence, uh, finally got Struve in a position to where he could attack, and that's exactly what he did. Knocked him out. Impressive performance. Tied to Ivasa. Looked really good on Saturday. As I, as you said, I think that improvement of his wrestling is going to serve him well moving forward in this heavyweight division. For sure. All right. For Stefan Struve, I don't know what's next for him. He's yeah, he's he's in a weird position. Uh, I think you know he's lost uh, two in a row and. Uh, I don't know, uh, four of his last five. So it's it's a tough position for him. Uh, he's not – I don't think he's good enough to be a gatekeeper, but I don't think they'll cut him because of his uh, uh, novel, his novelty of him being such a big dude. So what do you think's next for Struve? I don't really know. Like you said, he's not going to get taken off the roster because the UFC can market him as, you know, the however tall he is fighter. But uh, nonetheless – you're right. He's in a position where he has not had enough success to be considered a true test for up-and-coming prospects. 
but also he's marketable for the UFC. Therefore, you don't want to take him off the roster. It's an interesting predicament to be in. I, I think Stefan Struve is going to find opportunities in, in the UFC. It's just not going to be at a very high level. Yeah, definitely. And for Ty Tuivasa, uh, he, he got his career back on track uh, on Saturday, I think. So I think we might might see a match against Ty Bora or uh, Ivanov. I think that's that's what I want to see. What do you want to see? I think Bogoy Ivanov would be a, an outstanding matchup for him. I think that'd be really fun to watch. All righty. I like what you said there. All right, to the first event of the main card. Uh, this didn't surprise me. Akalaev. Uh, decimating Ion Kula, but I don't think there's any surprises here. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, there's. I was not surprised by this result. Magomed Ankalaev, uh did not put any doubt uh, that he won this fight as compared to the last one. Uh, just an absolutely brutal uh, hook to the face that, that slumped Ion Kudalaba, and he just finished it with ground and pound from there. Uh, Ankalaev in this light heavyweight division, I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's going to move up in the rankings with such a dominant win here and kind of put that boogeyman of Ion Kudalaba in the rearview mirror. Definitely. So for Ion Kudalaba, I, I think we'll see him stay kind of in the same position. I think he'll get maybe a, a 15th ranked guy. Let's see who that is. I, yeah, I think we'll see him get uh, – uh, I think he'll get the loser of Hua and Paul Craig. I think that's what we'll see. What do you have to say? That makes a lot of sense. Uh, again, Kudalov is a guy that has a role on this roster, can be a back end of the top 15 guy in the right situation, and I think he, that would be a good matchup for him to try to get back on track. Uncle Live, um, I think the sky's the limit for this dude. He's he's incredibly skilled. But as for his next matchup, a lot of things are kind of stiff. I, maybe we could see him fight Anthony Smith, but – uh, you know, we have Glover Teixeira, Tiago Santos coming up in a couple of weeks. You know, a lot of these guys have fights coming up. But what, what do you think is next for Ankaliyev? I'd love to see him fight Johnny Walker. I think that would be a great matchup for him. I think that would be two up-and-coming guys uh, that, well, Johnny Walker has been around for a little while, but he, I'd still call him an up-and-comer. He's just gotten back on track with a win. I think you put pit those two against each other. That would be a very entertaining fight because Uncle Iev is a little more of a reserve guy. And then you've got Johnny Walker, who's just an absolute fireball when it comes to personality and what he does in the octagon. For sure. All righty. To the next fight of the evening, uh, we have Laura Murphy versus Lilia Shapirova. There's nothing much to talk about here. Nothing surprised us here. I don't think Laura Murphy dominating this fight, got to the ground, got uh, put her in a choke, and uh, Lily Shakarova tapped. Now, what Lauren Murphy said after the fight was interesting, that she is the number one contender. I don't think she is. I think it's Andrade. Um, I, I don't know if you disagree with me there, but what are your thoughts on that? I don't think there's a bad option between the two, but I think Jessica Andrade gets the first shot. Uh, I think L Lauren Murphy did exactly what she needed to in this fight. Lily Shakarova comes in on short notice, makes her UFC debut in this fight, and – Lauren Murphy just needed to handle business and she went out and she handled business and she did it in an extremely professional fighter type way. And she shut down Lilia Shakarova. Once that fight got to the ground, it was over. Lauren Murphy was showed, excuse me, proved why she is a world-class fighter and why she is one of the best women in this division. One of the best women in the world. Definitely. Uh, and for Shaq, let's talk about Shaq for a minute. I don't think she performed bad considering the circumstances. I don't think she was ready for this level of competition. But 
uh, let's talk about what's next for her. I think we'll see her get somebody uh, at the, at the uh, butt end of the top 15. I think she's a talented fighter. I think we can see her rise up to the rankings. She just needs to work her way up. What do you have to say? I would agree. I think she was in a little bit over her head against Lauren Murphy, even though technically she did outland Lauren Murphy in terms of significant strikes, 23 to 22. Kept things pretty close when they were on the feet. It's just Lauren Murphy took it to the ground, finished it with the sub. I think Shakarova's still got a lot of potential. And like you said, she's just got to work her way up again. Yeah, and for Lauren Murphy, uh, I don't I don't think we'll see this fight, but I think we could potentially see an Andrade-Lauren uh, Murphy fight, but I don't see that happening. I think we'll see Andrade get the next title shot uh, no matter what after Shevchenko fights Maya. And I think we could see Lauren Murphy fight Chikagian next. What do you have to say? That's certainly a possibility. I might look for, for Murphy to fight Cynthia Calvillo next just to uh, to kind of figure out exactly what that progression is going to be uh, in the UFC uh, in, in this women's flyweight division, who the next challenger is going to be for Valentina Shevchenko because the way it looks now is more than likely you're going to get Jennifer Maya and then Jessica Andrade and then it's kind of up in the air. Uh, this fight was initially supposed to be uh, Cynthia Calvillo versus Lauren Murphy, and it was an undisclosed reason for why Calvillo was unable to go in this fight. I think if she can uh, at some point go against Lauren Murphy, I think that would be a very important fight when it comes to the, to the challenger hierarchy in this division. For sure. All right, to the next fight of the main card. Phil uh, Paz left no doubt against Malcoon. Uh Put on the pressure and boom, knocked out. What are your thoughts on this Phil Paz performance? I picked Malcoon because he'd been such an impressive prospect. He was obviously not ready for what Phil Paz threw at him. I'm not sure anybody would be ready for what Phil Paz threw at him. Seven strikes, all of them significant. And he just flattened him in 19 seconds. There's not a lot else to talk about that. Phil Paz, in terms of athleticism and strength, is a freak of nature, and he destroyed Malkoon on Saturday. He did. There's nothing else to talk about there. For Malkoon, we'll see him get another prospect. But for Philip Hawes, I wonder what we'll see for him because, uh, you know, impressive performance. I think we'll see him get somebody top 25, top 20 range. What do you have to say? I can't disagree with you there. Just not sure who it would be. Yeah, for sure. All right, to the next bout, Volkov versus Harris. Volkov put on a kickboxing clinic against Walt Harris. Uh, Nice leg kicks. Great strikes, good with his hands, but that body kick, uh, you could hear you could hear the pain in Walt Harris's voice when he got hit into the liver. What were your thoughts on this Volkov performance? This was a classic Alexander Volkov fight. He, he turned it into a kickboxing match. He kept Walt Harris at a distance, and he did what Alexander Volkov does, and that's beat you up with body kicks and then bring heavy hands over the top. That's exactly what he's able to do here, and that's exactly why he picked up the win. Definitely. All right. For Walt Harris, he's getting a little bit. He is 37, so he's getting up there in age. He's ranked number 10. He recently lost to Overeem and now to to uh, Volkov. Two top seven guys, granted. But I don't know. What do you think we'll see next out of Walt Harris? I think Walt Harris still obviously is going to have a position on this UFC roster, probably until he's ready to retire. I think he's in a position where he has built up enough goodwill. He has built up uh, – enough of an identity where he puts on good fights every time he goes out there that he's going to have a place on this roster. I don't know who you set up his next opponent as necessarily uh, just because he is coming off back-to-back losses. 
you don't want to really feed him to the wolves and drop him into a into an 0-3 scenario. I think there's plenty of options uh, for him to take on. Uh, maybe even somebody like Cyril Gain, uh, if they want to challenge him as he's kind of an up-and-comer, uh, the former uh, training partner of, uh, of Francis Ngannou is a guy that has kind of been lurking in the background of this, this heavyweight division uh, and has been coming up that I'm a big fan of, has not fought since December of 2019, as just you know, some of his scheduled fights uh, in 2020 have gone sideways. So I think that may be a fight for Walt Harris to be kind of that first top 10 test for Cyril Gain, but it'll be an interesting fight nonetheless, or it'll be an interesting thing to track nonetheless as Walt Harris tries to get back on track. Certainly. But when we talk about Volkov, he's in an interesting position. Uh, I think we could see him fight either the Ream or JDS next. Uh, I think the Ream will get Rosenstreich personally. So I think JDS is the fight to make. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but what are they? I think that'd be a great fight. I think that's one they should make. Definitely. All right. Glad we have the consensus there. All right. To Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier. We doubted Robbie Whitaker, and I feel bad about it. Bobby Knuckles. He did. He came out and did what he had to do. He landed 47% of his strikes, but it seemed like he did more of that. He was very precise. He hit where he wanted. He, he, uh, he aimed in fire. He didn't throw in hope. He looked great. Jared Cannonier coming out on the end of that third round, but – Robert Whitaker, he looked great. What were your thoughts on this fight? I thought this was Jared Cannonier's time. I was obviously wrong. Robert Whitaker looked as good as ever in this fight, and I think that's very clear when you look at the numbers. I think that's very clear when you just go by the eye test. And this was this was an impressive performance. There were a lot of people doubting Robert Whitaker. There were a lot of people wanting to see a new challenger in this division, and a lot of people thought it could be Jared Cannonier. But Robert Whitaker put those hopes on ice pretty quick. He did put those hopes on ice. So we're going to talk about what's next for Cannoneer. I think what's next for Cannoneer is, uh, I think it's Paulo Costa. I think that's the fight to make personally. What are your thoughts on that? I think that makes a lot of sense. A couple of guys that are high-level challengers coming off of losses. Of course, Costa, it was a title fight. Cannoneer, it was essentially a number one contender's fight. So I, I think that is the fight to make as well. And for Robert Whitaker, uh, Israel Asani said when he, when he beat uh, Paulo Costa, that he he said he'd give Kennedy the next title shot if he dominated Robbie Whitaker, but I don't think Adesanya is uh, interested in a Robbie Whitaker fight. I, I don't blame him for not being interested in that because he dominated the first fight. But what do, what do you think is next for Robbie Whitaker? I think he's in a very interesting position, as you said, because he would be matched up with a champion that has already dominated him once. So it's sort of up in the air right now I'm not necessarily sure what happens next for him I think he's got to wait on some things to happen I think the next challenger for the for the UFC middleweight title is going to be decided in this next fight between Jack Hermanson and Darren Till coming up in December I think whoever wins that gets the next shot at Adesanya and I think probably we're going to be in a situation where Robert Whitaker has to wait around until that fight happens to really see what happens next for him uh, just because uh, Adesanya beat him so thoroughly in their first matchup. Definitely. So on to the main event of the evening. Uh, I feel bad for doubting Habib. Uh, I thought Gaethje was going to win this, but I was clearly, clearly wrong. Uh, Habib uh, landing two or three of his takedowns uh, and just 
putting in the work. All 26 of his strikes were significant, as were all of Justin's 29 significant strikes. But what he did there, uh, I mean, how he could pick and choose what he wanted to do was going to go for the arm bar. Then he remembered Justin Gaethje wouldn't tap, but he didn't want to hurt in front of his parents, so therefore he decided to put him in his, put him to sleep. Uh, Jason Herzog didn't, Herzog didn't see the tap. I thought Justin Gaethje was honestly frantically looking for a thing to grab, so I don't blame him. But what were your thoughts on this? This was a classic Khabib fight, and the, the fact that this is his last fight, I think that's very fitting. Uh, he came out. His striking was by no means efficient, but he did exactly what he needed to to set up those takedowns. Landed two, as you said. And that second round, uh, he just came out after Gaethje, finished it quick, and did exactly what he needed to. This was a master class in, uh, in ground-based mixed martial arts, and that's what you see every time Khabib goes out into the octagon. And it's going to be a shame that we don't get to see him do it again. But he leaves on top, 29-0, multi, or, excuse me, multi-time defended uh, lightweight champion. And he did it in a really impressive fashion against a guy that a lot of us thought would be a really big test for him. Definitely. So we'll talk about Habib a little bit later, but let's talk about Justin Gaethje. What do you think's next for him? Well, with the lightweight title vacant, he's, he's got a lot of opportunity here uh, now that now that Habib is, is going to retire and that that title is going to open up. I think uh, there's a ton of guys in this division that could be considered challengers. I think Gaethje's probably at or close to the front of the line. Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor are going to fight in January. Tony Ferguson's still there. Dan Hooker's still lurking around. Anybody in that top five I think could be extremely competitive uh, in terms of challenging for this title. Uh, I think Gaethje is in a position to where, honestly, I think this division has to go through him right now. Uh, that Poirier-McGregor fight is going to settle some things when it comes up, but I still think this this lightweight division with Habib Nurmagomedov gone goes through Gus, Justin Gaethje as he was the interim title holder going into this fight. Definitely. So let's talk about what we want to see and what we expect to see for this vacant middle uh, lightweight title. I want to see a Grand Prix. I think uh, we'll swap out Diego Fajeda for uh, Michael Chandler, and we'll, we'll make the bracket that way. But what I think we'll see is, honestly, I think Poirier McGregor will be for the title. I genuinely think that. And then Justin Gaethje will get the first shot at it. What do you think? I would love to see a tournament. I would love to see that happen in the UFC because it hasn't happened in so long. I agree with you to an extent on what's actually going to happen. I think Poirier McGregor winner – gets matched up with Justin Gaethje, and that fight is for the UFC lightweight title. I get that they're not going to want to go that long without a champion, but I think that's the best way to go about it. Uh, even if it's a situation where, you know, th- they make Poirier versus McGregor an interim title fight, and then the winner goes against Gaethje. I know that's not necessarily something that's precedented because when you have an interim title holder and then a unification bout, it's up against an actual title holder who had an injury or something. But I think – We'll probably see Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor winner get Justin Gaethje, and that's where the title fight comes. All right. All right. I like that. Uh, I think I think what either of us said could happen. But let's talk about Habib Nurmagomedov for a second. He said after the fight that he believes he is the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Would you agree with that statement? It's such a tough thing between him and John Jones. Uh, John Jones is so dominant, but – when it comes to what we've seen right now, what we're seeing uh, at this moment 
in the UFC, I'm not sure you can argue against Khabib because we, we really haven't seen what John Jones is in the heavyweight division. We've seen what he is at lightweight. We've seen how dominant he is at lightweight. But we're going to have to see what he can do stepping up. And pound for pound, that just means in terms of actual you know, fighting ability, if everybody was on an even playing field, it's so tight between those guys. I would probably lean John Jones, but Khabib is as close as anybody in the world. Definitely. Uh, we're going to talk about the GOAT in a second, but what t- ticks me off about these pound-for-pound rankings, where the hell is Jan Bohovic? Let's be real That's here. What I'm saying. I know. But let's talk about, uh, you know, some people are saying Habib is the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. And I want those people to pump their brakes real quick because let's, let, I mean, look, Habib is top five all time in my opinion. I, I put my rankings out on Twitter. I, th- I believe it was, let me take a look here on my Twitter, but I had John Jones first, uh, GSP second, Anderson Silva third, Habib fourth, and Jose Aldo is number five personally. Uh, and then, you know, I had a few honorable mentions, DC, nothing in any particular order personally. But I think I, I think John Jones is no question the best of all time. And I think once he steps into the heavyweight division, he'll just further prove that to me. But where do you see Habib in these uh, GOAT rankings? I would agree with you. I think he's top five. I'm not ready to put him at number one. Uh, but I think he's the greatest lightweight of all time. I don't think that's particularly close. And I think that's, that's nothing to be ashamed of, to, to be able to say that he's top five of all time and the greatest fighter in his weight class of all time. I think that's, that's pretty clear cut for me for Khabib. Uh, like I said, I, I'm not ready to put him in that number one spot of all time. Uh, there's a couple guys ahead of him there for me, uh, as it is for you. But greatest, light heavy, or greatest lightweight of all time, I don't think that can be questioned. Yeah, I don't think that can be questioned either. And I think John Jones made a good point when he said uh, he, he's arguably the greatest because, you know, Habib just started fighting elite competition. When John Jones stepped in, I mean, they just threw him to the Wolves. Uh, you know, Hua, Rampage, uh, Rashad Evans, uh, Gustafson. I think Gustafson's the best fighter to never win a title personally. Uh, and a couple other guys, a DC, he beat DC twice. I don't think uh, – for, for me, there's no question. I think Bones is the best of all time. Who do you think is the best of all time? I would agree with you there. John Jones is on another level for anyone we've ever seen. All righty. So to some news, I guess. Um, do you have anything newsworthy? Not a ton jumps off the page. The UFC 255 card is official. Uh, there's obviously the two flyweight title fights, Davis and Figueredo against Alex Perez. Uh, Figueredo was supposed to fight Cody Garbrandt, but a torn bicep for Cody Garbrandt forces him to withdraw. Women's flyweight title going to be defended in the co-main. Valentina Shevchenko against Jennifer Maya. Of course, Jennifer Maya upsetting Joanne Calderwood to get this shot. Elsewhere on the card, Brandon Royval takes on Brandon Moreno. That could decide the next challenger uh, for the winner of Figueredo Perez. Um, Shogun Hua kicking off the main card against Paul Craig. That's a fight that we talked about uh, that could be very interesting. Uh, Robbie Lawler against Mike Perry is expected to happen but it's not been announced yet. So that could be very interesting. And then also uh, some guys uh, and and some women as well on the, uh, on the prelims. That'll be very interesting. Kyle Daukas gets back into action. Antonino Shevchenko is supposed to fight against Arian Lipsky and then Joaquin Buckley 
gets back in the octagon taking on Jordan Wright. So not the full card announced, but a good chunk of UFC 255 has been announced, and it looks like a good one next month. Definitely. And then, you know, uh, oh, White puts on – White did – Dana White did put on a little timeline for uh, Miocic versus Ngannou. They're shooting for March. Uh, that'd be nice. I, I, can't, I, think, I think the same thing happens personally. But, you know, we'll talk about that in March. Uh, well – I think we got something to look forward to uh, to review for the card Saturday. We are previewing Anderson Silva's last fight. Uh, he did say this is it. He's sure of it. He's 45. I hope that this is it. But, man, I can't wait for this one. What are your thoughts on this upcoming ma- uh, matchup? Just a little bit. What are you? I'm really thoughts? excited for it. I'm really excited for it because Uriah Hall is a guy that is trying to, trying to kind of get back on track. It'll be the last fight for Anderson Silva, one of the greatest fighters we've ever seen. As you said, he's a top five guy of all time for you. He probably is for me as well. I think this is, just from a historical perspective, going to be one of the most fun fun cards to watch all year. For sure. And Kevin Holland's back. So we yeah, love Kevin, Kevin Holland, Holland and Bryce Mitchell are on this card as well. So that, we love that, we love that takes guys. it up to another level. We love this, guys. And Maurice Green. Oh, Greg Hardy's fighting. Ooh, we got a good one. Bobby Green as well. Ooh. Very familiar card for us. All yes. right, Daniel. You got anything else? Uh, one thing to add, um, uh, Chase Hooper taking on uh, Slippery Pete Barrett so uh, at UFC 256 potentially. So that would just be uh, an entertaining fight to watch. Chase Hooper uh, obviously uh, kind of got put in his place by Alex Caceres. And uh, Slippery Pete, one of the best nicknames in the game. And he lost yep, to Yusuf Zalal. He lost to our guy Yusuf Zalal. Yeah, because uh, he 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 skimped out on us. So hey, we that's... don't need to go there. <laughs> we don't need to go there. It's okay. All right. Anything else? I'm good, man. I'm good too. All right. Thanks for coming back on, Daniel. Absolutely, sir. And we will be back to preview uh, fight night, Hall versus Silva. Check it out. <laughs>